You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm no longer a Boston Celtic. I'm a Brooklyn Net, and, you know, that's what it is right now. I mean, it's business. Uh, and some point we all have to move in, move on. And, uh, you know, I'm here to try to create some kind of legacy here in Brooklyn. Have to move in, too. Theoretically, you're going to have a new place. Celtic Summer Cooler continues. Paul Pierce in his uh, debut news conference as member of the Brooklyn Nets. And his games will now be called by a good friend of ours. And we heard LeBron James, that story about him getting a police escort to the Jay-Z concert last night. Ian Eagle probably also got a police escort last night. Is he was inducted into the the WAER, the Hall of Fame, for Syracuse Radio. Is that right? That That is correct. All right. Now, tell me something. Is Bob Costas in this Hall of Fame? No. Let me think about it. No. That. Is no. Mike Tirico in this Hall of Fame? Mike Tirico. I think I'm familiar with his yeah. work. No. 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 And yet, Ian Eagle joining... Right. Hank Greenwald, legendary uh, broadcaster, voice of the Yankees at one point. Andy Musser, who did the mm-hmm. Phillies all those years. And Ted Koppel. Yeah. And now Ian Eagle is the fourth member of that group. Clearly, it's all about the hair. Oh, I thought somebody made a mistake. See, the beauty of it is I know he had all his banquet stuff from last night prepared, so almost any way, <laughs> any way we went with that, it was, it was going to work I out. Not. I should have. And I Ian, by the way, has got the, uh, the Jets-Jaguars uh, game tonight, which – if you have Time Warner Cable in New York, you will not see. Is, no. uh, yeah, it's, but it's... after the game, for all the uh, Time Warner Cable subscribers, I will be doing a recreation of the game <laughs> on 42nd Street and 5th Avenue. You can all right, just gather around like the old days when they used to move like the pegs around with the old baseball games or whatever. <laughs> That's how they're going to do the preseason games tonight. That's my plan. Uh, you, you know, you're doing – a million different things, and it's NFL season for you, and those of us that do different sports, we approach things differently. But have you spent any time thinking about, boy, this is going to be kind of cool doing the Nets this year? Yeah, I have a lot of time. Uh, it's going to be my 20th year with the Nets, which is a big round number to begin with. And the fact that there's been so much activity this summer has kept me close to the team. The press conference, you just played a portion of it from Paul Pierce. We had a press conference uh, announcing the hiring of Jason Kidd. Uh, we did uh, a large session with Kidd and Billy King with sponsors. Joe Torrey also made an appearance. So uh, I've been involved with the team, and obviously you guys know, when, when you know going into a season that you're working with a team that's going to be competitive, the juices start flowing, and the excitement level is, is very high. The anticipation level is very high as well. Well, I think if you look at you know that team, as you're saying, you talk about Garnett and Pierce, it, what I see with them is that they're not two guys who are going to carry a team, but they are great puzzle pieces no. that are going to help a team get that much better right now that is already pretty good with their talent level. Yeah, and if you think back, guys, to that Chicago series, that first-round series, there were two things that were clearly missing from the Nets. They go to a seventh game, and they get pushed around in their own building by Joakim Noah and Carlos Boozer and Nate Robinson. So the two things that stood out, uh, really a lack of leadership, and that's unfortunate, but you never quite know until you're in those moments, uh, whether it was Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, Brooke Lopez, 
Uh, they just weren't able to pull the team across the finish line. And then a lack of toughness. Uh, that's, that's one thing that I know uh, the current upper management of the Nets felt they had to address. They needed some players with an edge, and they get that. Uh, you know, you guys know better than anybody, what Kevin Garnett brings to a locker room, what he brings to team chemistry, and what he does to the other players on that roster. The fact that Brooke Lopez now, on a daily basis, is going to hear from Kevin Garnett, and not just hear from him, hear my thoughts. I mean hear from him, in his ear, pushing him, cajoling him, doing everything possible to get the most out of him. Paul Pierce, a guy late in games, someone you can depend on, someone who has been through it. Jason Terry, lacking fear, did not have a great season in Boston, but now reunited with kids. So uh, they really did address what they thought were clear voids on the team in one false swoop. Our buddy Ian Eagle joining us on Celtic Summer Cooler. You talked about spending time with, with Jason Kidd doing some stuff over the summer. This is, you know, in Boston it's all about Pierce and Garnett being there and how the Nets are going to become sort of the second team for Celtic fans if the Celtics aren't, you know, as competitive as a lot of people hmm. think they won't be. That's clearly going to happen because the enemy of my enemy is my friend and people here don't want to see Miami win. They don't want to see New York win. But the Jason Kidd component is fascinating to me. Being around him, what, what kind of coach do you sense he is going to be? You know, it's funny when he was playing with funny ha ha or funny yeah, no, no funny yeah funny ha ha in a way because I never would have predicted this uh, I didn't think that Jason Kidd would one day be a head coach uh, I'll be the first to admit that he didn't strike me as the type that was building towards that if anything I thought maybe on the GM side personnel side uh, more of a quiet behind the scenes type of presence to a team. But something happened on his way to a championship, and maybe it was him recognizing that he was not going to be able to do this forever. Uh, a lot of the things that happened behind the scenes that didn't happen out front, uh, him mentoring younger players, him really bonding with coaches and finding common ground, I think that evolved over time. It's not like he came into the league and that's what he, he was focused on. I don't think it was. But over the last four to, to five years of his career, uh, I think his priority shifted a bit, and his love of the game started coming out in a different form. And I believe that's why he's a head coach now. This also was the perfect storm, guys. He's not going to be the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's not going to be the head coach of the, uh, of the Sacramento Kings. He's going to be the head coach of the team that, that he was the savior for a team that is looking to make a splash in the New York market, mm -hmm. looking to compete with the Knicks. It just set up perfectly opportunity and his availability. And I do think he's going about this the right way. He's got the right mindset. And he also has a staff that, that's going to help him along. You guys know Lawrence Frank as well as anybody. He's so thorough. He's so passionate. And it just was the perfect fit. All right. Tell us, uh, and this is since this is a Celtic show, tell us something about Brooks and, uh, you know, Wallace that fans would want to know who are Boston Celtic fans, the guys who were traded here. Yeah, Gerald Wallace just plays ridiculously hard on every single play. When he came to the Nets the prior season, uh, right before the, the trade deadline, after the Nets were unable to pull the trigger on the Dwight Howard deal and Billy King made the deal with Portland to bring over Gerald Wallace, he was a breath of fresh air. Uh, his approach... Uh, the fact that it just never stops for him. Uh, Boston fans are going to be impressed with his motor. The skill level did go down last year. That was the one concern, that it just out of nowhere, 
lost his outside shot, lost his ability to finish around the rim, then rediscovered it a bit during that Chicago series. Marshawn Brooks, extremely talented offensive player. Uh, I think the questions with Marshawn were based on maturity, were based on uh, whether or not he could guard his position. Yeah, he could score, but would he give up more than he scored? And could he fit into a team concept? Was he just strictly an isolation player? Those questions are still out there. And then Chris Humphreys, who obviously got a reputation based on his reality show status. But as a player, if you just look at the numbers when given the opportunity, has done excellent work. The issue is whether or not he can put up those numbers on a winning team. And we know that's always the big, big step in the NBA. Yeah, you put up numbers. Yeah, you got your free agent contract. Can you do it for a winner? And those questions haven't been answered yet as well. What's the what's the Marshawn Brooks upside? We see, you know, when you, young players come in and people tend to look away those first couple of years, and there's a real learning curve. When players aren't what people think they can be immediately, sometimes people kind of hang their head and get disappointed. What's the Marshawn Brooks upside? What can he be? The upside would be a double-digit score, 14 to 15 points per game. I think ultimately he probably is a better – player off the bench as part of your second unit. Maybe he gets a little more responsibility on that second unit. He still sees himself as a starting player in this league, and that's where that, that fine line is, where coaches ha- have to figure out where the player fits. I think if everything breaks right and Marshawn has his head on straight and competes on the defensive end and is a team player on the offensive end, he can be a 14-15 point scorer, a productive player in this league. Are the Nets the second-best team in the East right now? I think they are. Uh, I think yeah. you throw in the Andre Kirilenko signing, which also addressed a number of their needs and his versatility, the fact that they have a legitimate second unit. And I think there are going to be some Greg Popovich moments this year, guys. Uh, there are going to be times where Kevin Garnett just does not play on certain games, uh, second half of the back-to-backs, or if they choose in the front end of a back-to-back. When he does play, it could be more in the 22- to 24-minute mold. Pierce, they're going to shorten his minutes as well. So they're going to pick and choose their spots, but they're going to do it with a purpose. Uh, I think, yes, on paper, second-best team in the Eastern Conference, and I say that because you have to – you have to bow to the champion, and the two-time defending champion Miami Heat uh, are still the team to beat. But the Nets, uh, they've got the kind of roster that can compete with that type of team. I was trying to think back. Obviously, the finals in 2 and 3 have, have the Nets, have you been bumped from TV for national TV? Because that's obviously going to happen this year when you go deep in the playoffs. That yeah. even happened. Yeah, no, it, it's very much an adjustment. I looked at that schedule. I was like, well, what happens? We, we yeah. don't do the game? Huh. Yeah, uh, there are a number of national TV appearances on TNT, which is great for the franchise. I get it. Uh, Very positive, but uh, on a personal level, I want to do as many games as possible. You want to feel like you're part of it as much as you can. Very strange. We haven't been off. The Celtics schedule just came out, and Max and I suddenly don't have anything to do on Thursday nights. It seemed like we were playing every (laughs) Thursday. It's very bizarre because you've gotten used to. And by the the way, messed up the entire NBA schedule. when It's created a lot, all these back-to-back games because Thursday you have the exclusive, and now it's very strange. Suddenly there are no no Thursday games. Uh, I'd recommend bowling. I think that's a fine. That's a good Thursday night, Thursday night, winter you know, activity in the Northeast. Yeah. You, you joined us last year very early in the season to the point when people weren't talking about the Patriots as a team that could 
could win it all. You thought they were the best team in the AFC and obviously yeah. ended up hosting the game. You're deeply immersed in football, and you got the Jets game tonight. What's your uh, what's your Patriots AFC look right now? You know, my concerns are, are just that roster uh, at the skill positions, wide receiver in particular. I like Amendola, respect him. I just I don't know if he can stay on the field. So uh, while they found a replacement for Welker, that relationship went south. Obviously, everything that's gone on with, with Aaron Hernandez and, and the tragedy in Connecticut. And I, I just don't, I don't know if they can maintain this level. I do believe teams are catching up. The best thing that's happened to New England is that I don't think there is a dominant team in the AFC. People love Denver, and, and rightfully so. I still don't think they're a dominant team. So the fact of the matter is they're still the best team in their division, and if you win your division, that puts you in a position to, to maybe make some noise in the playoffs. But we have to see if this offense can, can really get by with, with the names that they have. And I know they've done it before, so uh, odds are I'm completely off base on this, but I think there are going to be some growing pains offensively just in terms of dependability for Brady. That's our guy, Ian Eagle, taking some time out on the day of a of a Jets game on the night after he was inducted into Hall of Fame. Did you get any? Did you get anything like a watch or like anything come with this Syracuse sure. Hall of Fame thing? Yeah, yeah, a watch. Why not? No, it was a it was a plaque. <laughs> Good luck. It's a beautiful plaque. It's a very nice plaque, and uh, a lot of hearty, hearty congratulations and free booze. So, <laughs> what a combination! Impressive as always. Always been a Hall of Famer in our book. We'll see you soon, bud. Thanks, guys. Hey, one thing if I could. Please. Uh, I know I'm a little late to the party on this, but when I was at Syracuse in WAR, uh, one of my classmates who was actually the sports director when ah. he was a senior, it's Jason Wolf. Jason Wolf. Yep, Wolfie, who uh, was a, a really, really good friend and a mentor at Syracuse, and I just want to wish him all the best. What a career he's put together, and, and I know uh, the next chapter is going to be a good one. So all the best, Wolfie. It's been a Jason Wolf love fest here, and now you've heard it. Now we've, now from a Hall of Famer as well. This is this is pretty impressive uh, tape he's put together today. Thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes. All right, guys. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Ian Eagle, the voice of the Nets. You see him on CBS. Uh, he's doing this preseason games for the Jets. That's what he's doing tonight. We're joking because in, it's a bizarre thing in New York City if you have Time Warner Cable. You can't get CBS right now. There's a big battle going on between the network and Time Warner Cable, and obviously it's one of these things you can imagine. When they get the football season, the real games, this isn't going to go very well if you're not going to be able to watch the NFL on CBS if you live in New York. But Ian Eagle will be calling Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett for the Nets this year. We still have Sweep of the Texas Triangle to relive in 2008, and when we return for the first time on the air, why Max ended up getting the ball after Game 6 in 2008. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.